Hi, folks. I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And here's the good news. This is real, and Colonel Jeff and Dr. Chris and I just record this to let you know I'm really good. I'm fine. I'm okay. But I may not be back for a while. So Colonel Jeff and Dr. Chris have been bringing me all the cards and letters you've written, and I want you to know they mean a lot to me. They mean so much to me. You mean a lot to me. You mean a lot to them. And I hope we mean the same thing to you. It's very gratifying to know that we've started to really build something here. We can't wait to do it again. You're the best listeners a guy like me could ever wish for. So remember, until we come back... If you walked out of bed today and had a job to go to and a home to come back to and someone there who cares about you, folks, the game's over and you've won. And that's still the truest thing I know. I hope it is for all of us, forever. So until my return, remember, Homer is Homer, Pluto is a planet, and what do you ask every bad bartender in the world? Nominum quid geminus? That's Latin for, you call that a double? Still works beautifully. I'll be seeing you soon, and the colonel and the doctor send you their fondest hellos. Bye. From Level 5 City in Glendale, it's This Week with Larry Miller. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and everyone who loves being lectured. Hi, folks. Welcome back to This Week with Larry Miller. I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And don't they sound good as always, of course? That's the Jordan Zimmerman Orchestra and the Denise Sands Dancers featuring boy tenor Mike Binder asking the musical question, If you try to fail, but you succeed... Which have you done? Ooh. Well, Grasshopper, when you can snatch the pebble from my hand, time for you to leave. Isn't that great, though, that uh, if you try to fail but you succeed, which have you done? And the reason it's so terrific is that I'm not sure I get it. You know what I mean? It's, it's just it's, it's one of those things that sounds very wise. In fact, it sounds like fortune cookies used to be. I know you all know this, that fortune cookies used to be fantastic, and uh, somewhere around, I don't know exactly when, somewhere, I think around 1991, fortune cookies went from wise to just stupid, just idiot, you know, and things that don't even make sense, just nonsense, you know, like, don't get hit by a bus today, just, you know, things that don't, e don't even matter, and... Uh, that sounds like, by the way, something, if you try to fail, but you succeed, which have you done? That sounds like something you would have gotten on any fortune cookie in 1963. That would, where you actually sit at the table, boy, that's great. And uh, so at any rate, thank you, thank you, Mike. And, and it's a good question. If you try to fail, but you succeed, which have you done? That's like the thing, by the way, if the tree falls in the forest and there's no one there to hear it, does it still make a sound? I still don't get that. I, I never have, and I don't think I ever will. I mean, I, first of all, y yes, it does, because it's a, tr a tree you can prove. I mean, it's in the physical world. It does make a sound, but if you're not there to hear it, first of all, if you're not there, what do you care anyway? <laughs> Just let it go. What is it your business, what the tree does, or how much noise it makes? I, that's one of those I never... <laughs> I just never quite got anyway. And by the way, when uh, Colonel Jeff said to me, and that was uh, Mike Binder, I said, and who said that? 
because we thought it was uh, very witty. We go over the questions. And thank you, by the way, for sending the, those questions because we love doing it. As you know, as the show grows, we have certain things we love doing and uh, naming people for the orchestra and the dancers and then the boy tenor asking the musical question. And once we had a girl tenor, didn't we? Yes, I think we did. Ah, they don't care. They're looking somewhere else. At any rate, uh, this is one of those things that uh, when Colonel Jeff said to me, and I said to him, and oh, and hey, that's a good one, and who who wrote that in? And he said, Mike Binder. I have a friend, Mike Binder, who is a comic and a director. He's a terrific director, and he's very successful, in fact. And I said, is it Mike Binder? Uh, my friend, the comic and the director? And he said, no. It's, <laughs> it's, I said, did he write anything else? Did he say hi? Is he, is, is he a fan of the shows? And he said, no, it's just a guy named Mike Binder, which is even better. So hi, Mike, and uh, thanks. And by Amazon. That's right, Amazon.com. As you know, you can buy anything in the world on Amazon.com, except, of course, an actual Amazon. That's what we love saying here. And our instructions are clear and constant. If you find you have bought an actual Amazon Please get in touch immediately and call for our assistance. We are only too happy to give it to you and just show us the actual Amazon. At any rate, though, if you want to buy anything in the world on Amazon, what you do, of course, is you don't go to Amazon.com. You could, but what do you do? You don't. You don't. What you do is you go to our website, which is LarryMillerPodcast.com. There is almost a malicious intent from Colonel Jeff and Dr. Chris this week. Not only didn't Jeff put that up on the screen, they're not even listening. They're chatting about something else. I think they're actually enjoying saying, you know what? The heck with him. Let's just sit here with our headsets on and and talk about the posters of girls here at Ace. By the way, everyone has built... There's a lot of construction going on here at Ace Broadcasting. It's very cool, actually. I'm glad again to be part of this group. I'm glad that Adam Carolla and I met, and I'm glad that it's flowered into being not only on this show here, but being part of this uh, group. It's very it's very cool, actually. It's sort of like uh, being in on the beginning of, uh, I don't know, NBC, or maybe the, just the Dumont Network. We, uh, we really don't know it's one of those, but it's pretty neat. And this is probably a good time to say thank you. You know, please join the Million Martini March, which, as you know, is that we want... Well, one million people marching to the beat of what? This show? And so, you know, we did very, very well in 2011, and we're very proud. We almost tripled our our numbers. It was a 262% increase. And uh, and for the first time, most of those were not in prison. No, no one's in prison. But, uh, well, there may be someone in prison. I don't know. Do they get laptops? <laughs> At any rate... Uh, we're very happy. Thank you. And yes, please tell a friend. And uh, please let's keep let's keep us moving along here. It's very gratifying, and it also means a lot. Frankly, it not only keeps us on, but it keeps us growing. And we want to sell a lot of advertising. Remember, we uh, we we someone came up to me on the road. I I think I told you about this and said, "Gee, do you think once the show starts making money, it'll change the creativity, or it'll change the point, or it won't be as pure, or something or other?" And I said to him, first of all, no." Briefly, no. I can be more succinct than that, but for now, I'm going to stick with no. The thing is, folks, I think we're all too shy about money. We think whenever we hear the phrase nonprofit, well, this is a nonprofit organization, that somehow that's holy or righteous or that's, that's more sincere. It's not. It's very, very cool in life, and for the last 200 years here 
in America that if you get a business going, whether you sell sunglasses out of your garage or whether you decide to be a caterer or whatever the heck you do, it's actually fantastic when you start making money, isn't it? And so Colonel Jeff and Dr. Chris and I and everyone here at ACE, well, they're doing great. And, you know, you know, on all the other shows, Adam's show is doing great. But you know what? When our show starts to make dough, and we should remember that, by the way, then we will no longer have to say no. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. It means as much as the if you try to fail but you succeed, which have you done? Anyway, we're we're, uh, we're very happy. Please tell a friend and please keep us uh, moving along. And what you do is, of course, you go to my the, the address there, LarryMillerPodcast.com, and you look for the Amazon banner. Yeah, now they're laughing. Now they're listening in there. This is we're gonna they're gonna call the Guinness people. This is the longest commercial on record, I think. And uh, you you go to LarryMillerPodcast.com. There's a banner that says Amazon. You hit the banner and you can get anything in the world, including a host who knows how to be more succinct with his advertisements. You can probably get that. Hit that one, get that, and then I can go home early. And by Sherry's Berries. That's right, we're back on Sherry's Berries because these guys know that with certain holidays coming up, and what, and what big holidays are coming up? You know what's coming up, where Sherry's Berries could be terrific. It's the Super Bowl. No, not really. It's... It's Valentine's Day. By the way, there's such nice people at Cherry's Berries. Actually, let me let me say on their behalf, it would be a terrific treat at your Super Bowl party. Not something you want to put out necessarily, but it would be terrific. And for dessert, look, Cherry's Berries. Actually, remember, this stuff is great. Remember, anyone, all the roughnecks here at, uh, at Ace Broadcasting, all the Corolla yaks, uh, and the folks who build things, and the folks who fix cars, and the folks who record, all adore Cherry's Berries. In fact, one of these days, uh, we should contrive to meet Sherry. I wonder if uh, I wonder if uh, if she's dipped in chocolate too. In any case, uh, sh- these are Sherry's berries. These are very, very good things. And of course, it's for Valentine's Day, but you can get them anytime. Send your Valentine giant freshly dipped strawberries. That's right, freshly dipped. Forty minutes before you call. From Sherry's Berries, starting at only nineteen ninety nine. That's the actual price, of course, which is over a forty percent savings. From what I don't know, but it's a forty percent savings. You know what I mean? You know, how products sometimes do that. You know, thirty two percent less fat than our competitor. What, what? I don't know who the competitor is. What is it? Fried? If it, the competitor is fried bananas, then you have forty two percent less fat. But Sherry's Berries, this is now uh, a forty percent savings at nineteen ninety nine. And you go to berries.com, B-E-R-R-I-E-S dot com. Click on the mic and type in Larry Miller. That's right. Oh, you do? So we get that too. Sure, that's how it happens. I've advertised this before. Shouldn't I know that? Well, you already know who you're dealing with, folks. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm an idiot savant without the savant part. I'm just more or less a straight idiot. So you go to berries.com or the most complicated phone number in the world that still hasn't changed, but we have a clarification on it. That no, The phone number is 866-FRUIT-02. However, all this time, I've been saying zero because it's spelled out here on the piece of paper. It, and all this time, I've been saying Z-E-R-O. All this time, I've been saying 866-F-R-U-I-T, the word zero, then the number two. But Colonel Jeff finally said... Today, to me, by the way, that's wrong. Everyone here is very sharp, sharp as a tack. We are just smart as paint. 
Boy, I'll tell you. And you know what? And that the colonel said, uh, we heard from them, and they wanted uh, that's not their number. So the number is 866-F-R-U-I-T, the number zero, and the number two. So it's 866-FRUIT-02, which also corresponds to the combined IQ of Dr. Chris, Colonel Jeff, and me. Zero two, so that that's what it is. But you click on the microphone, you type in Larry Miller, and these things really are great. They're, they're good. They're very, very good. You could bring them to your Super Bowl party. And so what if you get punched? It'll show you who your real friends are. But you want it for Valentine's Day, and uh, and believe me, that's, that's the way to go. Thank you, Sherry's Berries. Thank you to Amazon. And now it's time for our updates. And we have a very special update this week. Something we've never done before. This is an update update, which is to say we have no updates. Now, as Colonel Jeff and I were just talking about, we don't want to just do something if we have nothing specific, if we have nothing exciting, Well, or mostly it's nothing funny. If I, if I don't drive in here and say, hey, I've got a new, something just happened with the hamper, my wife burned it. Or something just happened with the safety razor. Turns out it jumped out at my face and shaved my forehead. And by the way, or my head. By the way, I actually, I actually shaved my head, which is stupid because I, I am bald. But there are little hairs that grow. So when I do, this is not a safety razor update. This is a bald update. So the point is, as far as the updates go, there are no updates. The soap is doing fine. I attempted, by the way. I will have one for next week because today, no kidding, I put in the shower. And if if I do say so myself, an astonishing factor. This is, this is a very hard throw. This one was like trying to throw a key into a keyhole from across the room. And I know most of you are thinking, what's a key? Well, there used to be things called keys. At any rate, though, I, I will have a very interesting FECTA update for next week. And uh, at any rate, though, so we didn't want to force anything. We didn't want to force any updates. But as long as I started telling you about the bald thing, something interesting came up because all the pictures I have are of me cut off at the forehead. That is, you see the top of the picture is me cut off at the forehead. Now, when you go to my website... Or when you go to, uh, I guess, our website here on the show, you'll see a picture of me probably that has a full bald head. It has the full head. But if you look very closely, and why wouldn't you? Let's be honest. <laughs> if, as long as you're on the site, you might as well take a close look. You might as well pull a, a jeweler's loop in your eye and take a very close look. That's actually dra- not drawn in. It's painted in. Be- and here's, here's why. And Because this is so stupid, it actually needs to be told. About five years ago, uh, I was in a movie, and uh, the photographer on the movie was is really famous. He did it for nothing. He did it because he liked the movie. He's a really, really famous Hollywood photographer and world photographer, and he goes to, like, all the royal weddings as guests, and he takes photographs. He's, like, super successful, and he said to uh, to me, hey, if you'd like... I, 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 he was, it was nice that I'd be interested if you want to take pictures for your glosses, for your show business pictures, I would be interested in doing that for you. And I'd give you a discount rate uh, from what I would normally charge because this guy normally does stars all over the world. So I said, my publicist and my, and my manager was there. They said, you got to do this. Now, I'm not a big one on 
on pictures. A picture should just look like you. You can really, I would, I would have Colonel Jeff take the picture as far as I'm concerned. You know what I mean? Because especially at this stage of the game, they kind of know who you are. You're not walking in saying, and I'm an expert horse rider, you know, and making up other show business lies like that. So the point is, I went to this guy's studio. Everyone said, you got to, you got to do this. This guy is the best. This guy is huge. He does so-and-so and so-and-so. All right. So I, I went down there. And by the way, the discounted price was unbelievably high. I would be mortified to tell you how much it still cost me to go to this guy. But that's all right because we've all done stupid things in our lives with money. And by the way, it's not stupid for him. He had a gorgeous studio and a gorgeous house because he keeps giving people the discount rate, which is still roughly as much as a really good used car. So at any rate... I, I go to this place. He takes a bunch of things. I don't have the patience for photos very much. Really, no one does. By the way, that's another thing. Every time you think that some beautiful model or supermodel has an easy life, it's very hard to take photographs. It's very hard to come through the lens and really look like something. It's immensely difficult for these women. I guess the men, too, the male models. But, I mean, especially for the supermodels, the women, where, we re where you really fall for pictures. And this is something I do, and you do as well. I fall for this stuff. There was a couple of years that, and I don't know Kim Kardashian. I, I don't wish her any ill. Good luck to you, and congratulations. But there was a couple of years there where I thought she was gorgeous. I thought there was about... A year and a half there where I thought it was like if I, if I could have, you know, if you could just pick, put on a list. Who would you like? You get a day off and everyone will just give you anyone you want. To me, it would be like Scarlett Johansson and, and at that point, Kim Kardashian. But the thing is, as you get to know someone more and she, where's well, you realize you're just buying in your mind. This is not about me. This is not about leering. This is not about anything in terms of male sexuality. Men and women do this too. You're buying, essentially, a photograph. You're buying the way it looks on the magazine cover or in the picture. You're buying someone who is expert at looking a certain way, getting made up for an immense amount of money. I mean thousands, sometimes tens of thousands of dollars in cost to make these folks look the way we see them. And I don't know these people. You realize at a certain point, I don't know who this is. I've, you know, worked with, you know, some uh, women who are gorgeous on pictures and, uh, and, and are just very, very nice people. Well, Kathy Ireland, in fact, was always a famous uh, Sports Illustrated model and international model, and she was in Necessary Roughness. Very, very nice woman. By the way, I don't know why I haven't mentioned this, but that was one of those days to show you how dumb men can get. In case you didn't know, the day on the set of Necessary Roughness that Kathy Ireland arrived, the word went around. I don't know how anything gets around. I never know how word gets around. You know, I know you know what I mean, how word of anything gets around. I don't know how villages in 1807 suddenly heard, Napoleon's coming. You know, how, do you, how did they know that? How does anyone know anything? But I'm telling you, I was. this was in Denton, Texas, which is about 35 miles north of Dallas, and the set was all spread out. They had trailers. They had the stadium. They had a lot of different places, and I mean spread out by about six miles radius, okay? And I was in the makeup trailer, in the chair getting made up, and we heard, Kathy Ireland just got to the set. How did we hear? I don't know, but we heard, everyone heard, and every man... On that set, and I mean with, again, a six-mile radius, every, if you could have seen an aerial shot 
of the entire set, you would have seen hundreds of men just suddenly streaming to the same place because the word went out that she had been there and everyone found a reason to go there. Everyone found a good reason to say, uh, to walk around and pretend not to be looking to walk past and go, uh, okay, did we get that new version of the script out? Oh, hi, hi, I'm in this too. Hi, very nice to meet you. At any rate, though, that's someone who's very nice. So the point of this is that we buy pictures in our minds, in our souls. You buy the picture and you say, look at that. That's unbelievable. I did this about, was it, six months ago, a year ago, with Lindsay Lohan. Now, again, this is someone, I don't know the woman. God bless her. I wish her well. I, I have no idea, no statement on her one way or the other. But I wasn't particularly interested in it. And then when she was, I think, that's right, it was when she was on trial. And one of those days... She came in a white dress, like a short-knit white dress, and it kind of rocketed around the country. I saw that thing, and I almost fainted. I said, this is the most unbelievably pretty girl I've ever seen in my life. This woman, whatever she is, she's a young woman. She's like 22, isn't she? Something like that. I said, this young woman is the most gorgeous creature in history because something about those photos, something about how expert the photographers are, something about how expert she is, something about the nature of how we accept things really just riveted me, and I went nuts for it. I don't know the woman. Would she be that pretty in, in, if you just met her? I, I, I don't know. So the point is this guy, this photographer who's going to take my – I'm not that interested in pictures of me, and – I, li- I love – I don't look at things, by the way. When people say, you know, uh, you know, there used to be things dailies or you go over to the to the video section, I don't want to see myself. Did you see this? This came out. I don't want to see anything. I don't want to – I just made a pilot of something that I that I created with someone. And he said, oh, you should see it. I sent it to you. Did you see it? I said, I'm not going to see it. As long as you know he was the director. And I'll tell you about it if anything may- comes of it. But the point is I don't need photography. So this guy takes my pictures and we spend – it took him a couple of hours, and I was ready to blow my brains out because I can't sit there for a couple of hours and just and just take pictures. But we did, and all the pictures we went there. I went there with my my friend and publicist Michael Hansen, and we went back a week later to look at them and to say we had another appointment in the gorgeous studio, and he's got the assistant, which is in the house. He has art objects all around. He has sculptures. This is a very very successful guy, and. He says, all right, here, and he shows us all the pictures on big screens and uh, big computer screens, and every single one of them was cut off at the forehead. The top of the frame cut off the forehead, so you couldn't see my head. And I said to him, why are all the uh, pictures cut? cut off like that. Do you have any that aren't cut off? And he said, no, they're all cut off like that. And I said, why? And he smiled and said, well, this way, no one knows you're bald. And I just glanced at Michael and then back at him and I smiled too. And I said, well, but I'm bald. And he said, Bob, but no one has to know. I said, no, what? It's in show business. I would like people to say, instead of, hey, who's this guy? He looks vaguely familiar, but he looks a little like Larry Miller. But, of course, Larry Miller's bald. And here in this picture, we don't know. And the guy said he thought this was the greatest photography trick or thing. That No, now they don't know. And I said, but I want them to know. It's a picture of me. It's just a publicity picture so that if you send it to newspapers or if an agent asks for something or if it's casting, whatever the heck it is, it's a show business picture. Shouldn't they know I'm bald? I'm bald. 
I don't care that I'm bald. I like me. I like me the way I am. I'm bald. I'm already married. My kids know I'm bald. It's not a secret. I don't wear a baseball cap in the house. I'm bald. And I don't care that I'm, I, I'm bald. I really don't, by the way. No one wants to be bald. You wouldn't list it as something. You know, when you're 14, if someone said, oh, and uh, one more thing, do you want to be bald? Yes. Oh, absolutely. No one would, no one would say that. But I don't care. <laughs> Life is fine. All I, want, all I care about is, as you know, the basic things. Just get up in the morning. That's all. So at any rate, the guy said, now no one has to know you're bald. Well, this was a great moment in show business history. I looked at him. He looked at me. I looked back at Michael, and I just said, uh, well, thank you very much. We'll just take him. You know, because you've just spent, relative to me anyway, for me, a gillion dollars for these photos that now don't even look like you. Colonel Jeff could have taken a picture of me, and I would have sent it to you instead. So now, whatever the pictures are of me in the world, they're all cut off at the forehead, except if you ever see a picture of me where it's a publicity picture and you see my full head, that head has been drawn in. or that Because there was one for a brochure for the show I do, the Cocktails with Larry Miller, the, the one-man show, that, the, that they needed one with a full head. So I said... Can they draw in the head? And that's right. Pat Hazel had said, well, they're going to have to draw it in. Do you care? I don't care. I don't. I just don't care. It should just look like me, like that guy. That's my feeling about art in general. I, I think great artists can paint someone who, to me, if you're a great artist, you ought to be able to paint someone who looks like the guy. If you can paint the guy and it looks like the guy, that's art to me. Art to me is not a swooping piece of yellow, yellow metal that sits on a stand and goes to the left. That's not art to me. Art to me or is a series of dots on a canvas. Art to me is a guy with one hand on the cannon and you say, how do you look at that like that? It looks just like the general. If you can do that, that's a great artist. So that's, so that's the point. So that I went to this guy for a zillion dollars. And if you say to me now, well, why don't you just get new pictures? Because they cost me a zillion dollars. That's why. I'm going to squeeze every drop out of those stupid forehead cutoff pictures because, again, it's just me. I don't care and you don't care. No one's saying you should care. And now it's time for the joke of the week. That's right. The joke of the week. And this week, the joke of the week <laughs> takes place in a monastery. Uh, a guy comes to join a monastery and they have a, they have a vow of silence there. You only get two words every 10 years and he does and it's and it's it's a, it's a far off place and it's in the hills and it's way way in the north into some scandinavian country and the first 10 he joins the first 10 years go by and he comes in to the head of the monastery for his two words and he sits down and he says bed hard and walks out again 10 more years go by he comes in for his two words sits down again and says food cold Back out 10 more years, comes in, sits down, and says, I'm leaving. And the head of the monastery says, I have to be honest, I'm not surprised. You've done nothing but complain since you got here. <laughs> That's a good joke, isn't it? <laughs> that was fun to tell, too. And the colonel and the doctor are laughing at that. That's one of those jokes, by the way. As you know, jokes are fun. You know this, but it's fun to say it anyway. It's fun to underline it. The word silly is not a bad word. The word silly is a wonderful word. It's actually the core of life. Remember something, only the worst people in the world 
are never silly. And you know by the worst people I mean, whether it's here in our country, any other country, the worst people, people, you know, strangle, seriously, the drugs, whatever they deal, whatever they do, terrorists, you know what I mean? These are not big laughers and they don't know what the word silly means. And by the way, uh, it just in case anyone is listening from, from those kinds of folks, I'm kidding. You don't need to worry about me. But in any case, the word silly is a great word and that joke is just wonderfully silly as if the way jokes should be, as if someone would actually go along with it every 10 years and that the punchline is in such a speech pattern that sounds like a contemporary guy today. It's not a stern guy, the head of a monastery in the ninth century. It's just uh, suddenly the punchline is, you know, I have to be honest with you. I, uh, to be honest, you know, suddenly it's just some guy, well, from New York. Who, well, it's me. It's what it is. But you can tell that joke too. And, uh, and frankly, I think, I think, uh, you should. Now, something happened, by the way. There was, uh, I started to tell a story last week about uh, a trip I took, and uh, I mentioned buying a drink for uh, in the morning for uh, a young Marine who was sitting at one of the airport bars there, and it was in a bar in the open, and there was a, and there was a fellow next to me, and he was a salesman, and he was on the road, and he had a friend next to him, or a guy he'd just met, and he was a salesman, and he was on the road, and then there was this Marine, and not in uniform, and I sat down, and we started drinking. We had Irish coffee together, and it was 10 in the morning, but you know what? I felt like having one, and I was glad I did, and uh, that that was just, you know, a nice moment, one of those stories that falls under the why not category. That was the theme of that story of why not, and here you get to talk to people you never met before. Why not? And what's wrong with having, you know, you're in the airport, you're going to travel. I wasn't working that night. These fellows were going home. I was going off to work, but I wasn't working till the next day. So why not? And I was feeling great when I got on the plane. And something interesting happened because I was uh, flying coach. I always fly coach when I have a very strict rule that when someone else pays for it, I'm thrilled to be in first class. When I'm paying for it, I think you have to be an idiot to pay for first class because, as you know, it's very expensive if you're just going to a place. So when I say someone else paying for it, what I mean is I'm lucky because in my work in show business, if you get a part in something, it's part of the deal that you'll always get a first class ticket. If it's a movie, if it's a TV show or a talk show, whatever, if someone, if the Tonight Show is going to fly someone in from Toronto, they'll always uh, give the give the person a first class ticket. So when I'm paying for it, though, as part of whatever the deal is, I was going up to do some shows, and whatever that deal is, if I'm doing my shows, the Cocktails with Larry Miller shows, it's all part of a pot of money that, is coming out of the show. So the point is, if a ticket, if I can get a coach ticket for four hundred dollars, I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm paying for it, so I'm not going to pay for a first class ticket of whatever it is, two thousand dollars. So no, I'm not. By the way, I'm a big boy. There's nothing wrong with a flying coach. I'm not a baby. I can sit there. I don't care. I like talking to people. I read. You can get whatever you want. You know, the different airlines have a little more room, a little less room. So what? It's a giant. So what? So I'm sitting there in row 22 or 26 or whatever the heck it is, and a woman turns around. There are – it's the two seats. It's an A and B, and I was in A in 23, and she was in A in 22. And uh, we, were, we were boarded there, and a lot more people are still coming on the plane. And she turned around and smiled and said, are you Larry Miller? And uh, it's wonderful. Remember something. 
It's very gratifying in show business, especially the kind of show business I like. You know, you know what? I'm not a star. Stars are different because they – I can't imagine what it's like to be – I don't know. Pick someone. Madonna or uh, – you know, or or anyone at all who can't go out in public, can't go to a store, can't go to a ball game, can't go to a bar. These are all the things I like to do, by the way. I don't know if Madonna wants to go to bars or ball games, but you know what I'm getting at. Uh, a star can't walk down the street and uh, without getting, I, I guess, mobbed. But it's very gratifying for me. I love being an actor and a comic and a writer. And you know what? When folks come up and say something nice. It's great. It's the greatest thing in the world because it means, number one, you're working enough that folks get to know you and they want to say something nice. It's it's very cool. That, By the way, that's one of the parts of this show, of our show here. It's nice that we're getting out there. It's nice that the ratings are going up. It's nice that people come up, especially when I'm on the road with, with, with the cocktails show. You know what? People, A lot of people come up. And they have the, the drinking society cards, or they have the, uh, you know, they want to say hello, or they listen to the show. It's 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 very neat. So at any rate, it's not about it's not the vanity of it. You see, that's what I'm getting at. It's not something like, uh, oh, it's so gratifying to me personally. It's an emblem of the work that the colonel, the doctor, and I, and everyone here at Ace do, or on any television show, or all the parts that come together, or the one man show to to put these things together. It's that you're the visible side of it. So you know what? I always report back in. I used to say to Adam when I was on his radio show, hey, people come up and they think it's a wider audience than you think it is, than your folks kept telling you in those days when he had the radio show. I used to say, you know what? It's not just this demographic. A lot of interesting people are listening to you. So you can report in. So it's very neat when someone says hi. And the point that being said, this woman turned around and said with a smile, Oh, are you Larry Miller? And then before I could even answer, which I would always do with a smile and say, "Hi, it's nice to nice to meet you. Hello there. Looks like we're going to fly together." She t- she immediately said herself, "Oh, what you can't be. Otherwise, you'd be flying first class." And I said, "Well, well, I I I, I but I I am. I'm uh, I mean, I'm I'm flying uh, coach here." And she said, "Well, then you're not Larry Miller." And I don't. And I said, "You know, as nice I could be." I th- I said. Uh, well, I don't. I, I I promise you, I am. I mean, whatever that means to you. I'm I'm an actor and a comic, and there's an actor and a comic named Larry Miller, and I'm that one. So if you've if you've seen me and like and like some of the stuff, which is very nice, thank you. But I, yes, I am. I uh, whatever the thing is, you just turned around, and yes, hi, how are you? And she said, then why aren't you flying first class? And that had a little bit of a challenge to it of, you know, I didn't know what to, now I'm, I sort of look the guy next to me and we had already said hello. I had already said hello to the guy next to me and I looked at him and he was reading the paper and he looked back at me and he just gave me the shrug of, hey, this isn't my problem. (laughs) You know, so I, I, but I took that and I said, all right, all right. And I already had my, my little paperback book I was starting to read even though we hadn't taken off yet. And I said, well, I, I, I. You know, because it's you pay for it's expen- it's a very expensive to. And she said, uh, "You should be in first class if you're who you say you are." And I don't. I again, I don't even know what this means because I don't care. And as I've already explained, and I'm guessing you would do the same thing if someone else pays for first class, you would take it. If not, I, you're going to be in. Co- I'm going to be in coach. Anyone sane would be in coach, even if I had a billion dollars. And I think that's going to happen next week, by the way. But even if I did have a a billion dollars. I don't think I'd be, I really don't think I would be using it on first class. You know what I mean? Of course you know what I mean. I mean, I don't think, 
it's not being cheap. It's just saying, why burn 2500 bucks or something when you can get there on the same Airbus for 400 I would rather take the extra money and buy drinks for friends. And I think you probably would too. So at, at any rate, though, so now she says, no, you're not. And she sits back down. As Just before she sits back down, the guy who's going to sit next to her comes in B. She didn't know him. It's just some guy who was still getting on the plane. He comes over. He puts his bag in the overhead rack and just glances in the seat behind him, which is me, and just says with a big smile, hey, Larry Miller, hi, I'm a big... He says something nice. Whatever he said, it was just very nice. And I said to him, well, nice nice to I mean, Thank you very much. Nice to meet you. And I said, yeah, I guess we're going to... Uh, we were going to the Scranton Airport. In fact, the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Airport. So was, we were going to fly through Chicago. And, and I said, now the woman is still standing and looking at me. This guy is now looking at me. And she gave me a look as if... And I had to say this to her, and I smiled to turn to her and say, held my hands out to say, so whatever it, it means to you, yeah, I'm the, I'm the guy you thought I was. And, folks, it was so funny because she had a look on her face that so clearly said, and I said to her, wait a minute, you don't think that I arranged for this guy to come in and sit next to you that somehow both he and I went to the trouble to play a practical joke on you because I kind of look like a guy you know as an actor in a comic named Larry Miller. You don't you don't think that, do you? And folks, I laughed so hard because she gave me a look that I could take acting lessons the rest of my life and not replicate. She gave me a look. She started nodding slowly and just sat back down and turned around. And it was so clear she thought, yes, that's exactly what you've done. And I know it. And now the guy who was going to sit down next to her just, you know, looked at me in shrugs and smiles. And I, I held my hands up, you know, in that Las Vegas dealers thing of just, hey, I, I, I don't know. My seatmate seems fine. He's reading the paper. I think maybe maybe yours is a lunatic. It could be. I, I, I don't know. But I guess I'll see you in Scranton. So in any case, it was very it was very funny because you either like people or you don't. And I do. I'm lucky. It's a big source of what's funny and gratifying in the world to me, in life in general to me. And so you know what? It was, it, it, it's not me laughing at her. It's laughing at life and saying, how do you like that? People are often just so funny. And you know what? That's why when we, I read something like after watching the football games yesterday, which are really good, they, they have ads right after, as you know, right after the games, whoever wins, they have the ads for those championship shirts. They have T-shirts already printed out, and whoever wins will be the shirts that get sold. And I'm not the first one to observe this, by the way. I'm sure it's a common observation that, you know, the rest of the shirts, the shirts from the losing teams, probably go to countries, well, to India, to Africa, to places where people have no shirts. So, you know, there are a lot of, probably a lot of Buffalo Bills win the Super Bowl shirts somewhere in, in the middle of the Congo. So at any rate, they have these ads that come on, which is fine with me. Those are very, very exciting games. I'm not a, I'm not a fan necessarily of any one of those teams. Those four teams, you know what? I'm sure football players were really good athletes and really tough in the 50s and 60s. They were. They were wonderful. They were great athletes. But some of these guys these days, today, in pro football, as I'm sure you know, when you see these fellas 
reach up and grab a pass just with their hands. And they not even leave the ground, but they just they twist around, they blank, they just grab the thing. And you know, that football is going, what, fifty-two miles an hour? And they're being, you know, hit by immense men going seventeen miles an hour. And they're really, really tough. All these guys are so good. Very interesting games. And of course the drama in both of those games where someone doesn't do well, someone makes a big mistake. There was a, a, a rookie on the 49ers, in fact, a poor guy. It's one of those things, if if you get pleasure out of seeing someone mess up like this, well, you you know, actually you don't because you wouldn't be listening to this show. You wouldn't be a fan of our show here. And you know what? The, guy, the poor guy, you know, he made a couple of mistakes. It doesn't mean the team would have won, but terrible mistakes. And then the other game... Was the, was the one with the the Ravens and the uh, and the Patriots where the guy missed the field goal it was a bad snap and suddenly the ball is off and it, it, it doesn't and they don't hit it you know we take these things for granted that a thirty yard field goal should just be a gimme it's not the mechanics that go into these things are very hard so what I'm getting at is though that they have the ads for the shirts on after the game yes if you're a fan now get your championship shirt get the championship shirt and then you'll be a champion just like the champions and the thing of it is, the shirt is on a mold of an immensely muscular man, okay? So they're selling the shirt on a muscular dummy. And let's be honest, folks. Let's be honest with all of ourselves, with ourselves personally and with every one of us. Anyone who's going to get that shirt is not muscular. Anyone who's going to get that shirt is someone watching the game and eating nachos and drinking beer, that that the mold they put that shirt on made him look like one of the people on the team. Now I know traditionally people would say, "No, we have to flatter the customer." You don't want to tell the customer he looks like an Anjou pair. You want to tell the customer that he's really muscular. He why he might be a tight end like that guy Gronkowski, who you know you know these guys six seven two hundred eighty pounds. They run a four. They won their 40 in four seconds flat. They're just unbelievable athletes. Well, the guys who get the T-shirts aren't. So why don't we just sell? I would like to see that T-shirt next time, and I would like to appeal to the people who make those ads and to the teams themselves, put that shirt on a fat dummy. It doesn't have to be really fat. Just someone with a little, like an average person, just a little belly, a little roll on the side. I'll bet you a dollar you sell a million more of them because then the guy could actually, in fact, I think you Put a beer in the dummy's hand and a plate of nachos in front of the dummy, and then you know what? Believe me, you'll 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 sell some shirts that way. Because, it, it, folks, let's be honest. We've gotten to the point where it's. I've been talking about this diet, the New Year's Eve diet, and you know what? No one sane can ever start a diet till after the Super Bowl. Let's let's just stop putting pressure on ourselves. I know I have, <laughs> because the lure of the leg lamp. Every night. Well, it's not every night. It's very close to every night, but not every night. And so let's stop putting so much pressure on ourselves. And and it ends, the the trip last week ended with me realizing something. I had been saying that, okay, it's time to stop saying Happy New Year, that two weeks into the New Year, let alone three weeks. You know, but it's time to stop saying Happy New Year. Even if you haven't seen someone, it makes you look like an idiot. And just let's all stop saying Happy New Year. Let the word go out from here. And, you know, it's a common observation. I know you know it as well. Let's all just stop saying Happy New Year. And yet, you know what? I was wrong. Because when I came back from that last road trip, 
I park in the same place at the Los Angeles airport every time at LAX, and I mean for years, a long, long time. And I'm I'm traveling quite a bit, so you get to know a lot of the shuttle drivers, and it's nice to just, you get to know, hi, how are you? Well, hello, good to see you again. Hey, how are you? And there's a young woman who works the, the shift, apparently, that I ever always see at the booth, at the ticket booth. When you go out, as you drive out, and you pay, and I've seen this young woman, oh, I don't know, a lot. I mean, this has been, she's only been there the last, I think, four or five years, but I've seen her a lot, and we always start chatting because it's always so nice. I, I've always got a big smile on my face because it's nice to be home. It's always nice to come home, and she always says something. I don't know where she's from. I think it might be somewhere in, she has a, an accent that, that it might be either, I'm not that good at picking out accents, maybe somewhere in East Africa, maybe somewhere in, but she always has such a nice smile. She always says, you, so, you always smile so nice. She said, you're so glad. And I always say, well, I'm glad to be home. Every time I see you, that means I just got home. So this is, I don't know how many times, at least a hundred times I always see her and it's apparently her shift. And we always say a quick thing, there's no one behind me. I'm not holding anyone up. And sometimes you're always, it's usually in an afternoon on a Sunday. It's about three and it's sunny. It's Los Angeles. And so I always say, she always says, is everyone all right? Everyone's fine. And you know what? This last time I pulled up and she said to me, because I hadn't been traveling in a couple of weeks, and she said to me, well, it's good to see you. And uh, just as I was leaving, as the arm went up after I paid, she said, and Happy New Year. And I looked at her for a second, and she laughed because just my look told her. She said, uh, yes, it's already three weeks, but you know what? I haven't seen you, so have a happy, healthy year. And I said, you know what? You too. So it's just a small thing in life. But, well, in addition to not putting so much pressure on ourselves about losing weight before the Super Bowl, you know what? Maybe we don't have to be so cranky about things like saying Happy New Year. And there are a lot more things in life like that anyway. And it's the way it should be. So you know what? Cocktails with Larry Miller, February 3rd, coming up in Stowe, Vermont, at the Spruce Peak Performing Arts Center. Please come, and there will be a meeting of the Larry Miller Drinking Society afterwards. And the next day, February 4th, in New York City, in Queens, in Corona, Queens, at the Queens Theater. There are two shows. Uh, there's a matinee and an evening show. And once again, Larry Miller Drinking Society will be meeting. And on February 11th, in Lincoln, Nebraska, at the Lead Center, it's spelled L-I-E-D, but it's pronounced Lead because, let's be honest, if your name was spelled L-I-E-D, you wouldn't pronounce it that way anyway. So you know what? Come on by. the Once again, the Larry Miller Drinking Society will be meeting. Come on by and, and say hello. It's very gratifying. And if you happen to be saying hello on a plane, well, it really is. Everyone saying flies coach if they have to pay for it, so don't be shocked. The show's website is LarryMillerPodcast.com. Check out our show's Facebook page, facebook.com slash Larry Miller Podcast. My website is LarryMillerHumor.com. Follow me on Twitter at Larry J. Miller. And as always, that'll do it. The LarryMillerPodcast.com takes you everywhere because as always, all roads lead to Rome, which is appropriate because as you know, Homer is Homer and Pluto is a planet. So as always, remember... 
If you walked out of bed today and had a job to go to and a home to come back to and someone there who cares about you, folks, the game's over and you've won. And that's all you ever need. So good luck. We'll see you here next week, only on Ace Broadcasting. Transcribed for Armed Forces Radio, now in mono.